blessed Jesus. All right. Do you know who I am? Who are you? I do. This is your radio almanac, the first of a new series. TV. Behind the scenes at the podcast. Yeah, people can make fun of my car all they want. There's a reason I choose to drive a used car. I'm like, no, I don't want a new car because I've seen the way people in Atlanta drive. I've seen the way they swing their door open with reckless abandon and just scrape en- like anything and everything that's within arm's reach. So yeah, I think that's something that we could benefit from. I don't know about the rest of the world. I went to LA for a little bit, but I know you go to LA a lot. I feel like their traffic is so slow there that if you had a self-driving car, it'd be great because you could kind of like read, hang out, you know, not really worry about it. New York, they don't really need it. They're chilling. I'm Alex Gibbons, and this is Let It All Hang Out, exclusively at TomorrowPictures.tv. I preach, my dear friends, you're about to receive on John Barleycorn, Nicotine, and the Temptations of Eve. This is TomorrowPictures.tv. What is up, guys? It is 2018, and we are back. Welcome to Let It All Hang Out. This is the podcast that talks about music, movies, sex, drugs, sports, and news. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world today while we let it all hang out. We are uncensored, unfiltered, and uncontrollable. I'm your host, Alex Gibbons, and this program is powered by the Tomorrow Pictures Network. On the board today, we have Frederick Taylor. Yes, I have made it to 2018. <laughs> we are also joined with Nicole Duncan. Hello, everybody. How's it <laughs> rocking? We have Brandon Sartain. Hey, hey, hey. And Greg Gordon. Hello, hello. All right, Fred, give it to us. What are the hot takes coming into 2018? Well, it's all hate. Of Alex. course. Sarah, I just want you to know, be prepared. So, in 2018, Trump's mental health and why people are discussing it. It's a discussion that Donald Trump's opponents have had before. Is the president mentally fit for office? And it's filling Twitter and the news sites again, uh, reigniting the release of a new book by the New York journalist. Secondly, the New England Patriots are on the brink. They have a 40-year-old quarterback and a furious coach and an insane owner. And they are in the midst of a huge power struggle. And uh, I know you don't really like sports that much, but I have another (laughs) sports for you as well. Uh, Following the Ball family to Lithuania, Leangelo and Lamello Ball, yes, that is their names, um, have made their way to life, uh, not Lithonia, but Lithuania, to begin their pro basketball careers. The brothers, along with their father, Lavar, arrived in Eastern Europe on Wednesday to a large throng of Lithuanian media. Leangelo and Lamello are expected to make their debuts for the Prienu Vitautis on Tuesday, and they are likely to stay with the team through the end of the season in May or June, according to LeVar. LaMelo, the youngest one, is 16 years old and has been taken out of high school and will be playing against men twice his age. And Leangelo left the University of um, L.A., better known as UCLA, to uh, follow his father and brother to Eastern Europe as well. For more news and entertainment and information, log on to TomorrowPictures.tv. The story is in the telling. Now, if memory serves, Lithuania is known for having a huge basketball area because, like, from the 96 Olympics, they were a powerhouse and actually gave the USA team some r- a run for their money. Yes, that is true. They are an extraordinarily talented group group of uh, basketball (laughs) people. So the father has decided that it is better to take his sons out of high school and college rather than them getting an education and send them to Eastern Europe to play basketball to prepare them for the uh, pros. Greg, how do you feel about that, my man? I am not for what he's doing 
with the younger kid. The high school, and I, I, I don't get that. The college one, I get it. You're just trying to push the pro career faster mm. by getting him some exposure. The younger one, too many things can go wrong with that. The, the, the younger one's in, a sophomore in high school. I oh. mean, having played college sports, he's destined to burn both of them out. That's, that's, oh, absolutely. That's what's going to yes. happen. And I think the youngest is potentially in line for some serious injuries because, I mean, all of his growth plates haven't completely closed up yet. And the thought, okay, first of all, you know, high school is, I think it's crucial. You know, kids absolutely need an education. And I understand that sports is a huge building block to the character of kids. You know, I played sports, and I think that it contributed greatly to some of the habits that I have now, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. But even thinking of the fact that a 16-year-old is going to run at a full-grown man on a court is just terrifying. You know, how his body is still developing. That's the other question is how, what are, like, what are this kid's measurements? What are we talking? He's got to be pretty big if he's going to go pro. Devil's advocate, traveling, new country, learning <laughs> new things. And this is Nicole Duncan, the fitness trainer. So Nicole has some great insight. Um, as far as training for a younger person like that, do you think that he's going to struggle in comparison to his brother to keep up with that level and that caliber that's expected of him? Actually, not at all. I think he's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think It's just okay. a, a matter of whether he wants to do it or not. Right. I think that's what's going to change. Well, I think he's still at a point where mentally he's learning a lot about himself. And so it's going to come a point to can he phys- or mentally push himself to stay relevant in the game. Hmm. Um, I remember my first day walking into training camp, talk about a reality check. Like, I went from being the biggest guy on the team to average at best and... <sighs> Yeah, it's tough, man. So, I, I, kudos to the kid. I hope he hope he can like knock him dead and do some big things. Absolutely. I'm not feeling that though. I'm telling you, as someone who has played many a sports, uh, football, uh, basketball, I can tell you, my body with the younger person, I can knock him around all day. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine what's happening in these other countries. There's no way a, a kid with 15, 16 year old body is going to be able to deal with that. No way. It's just too much body weight. Depends on the training. Like, what kind of uh, training? Is it just playing ball, or are they, you know, going at it at the gym? Okay, if you've ever posted up against someone in basketball, let me tell you, someone outweighing you 56 is serious. You're not doing nothing with this person. That's a wall. You are running at a wall. And he's going to run into a lot of walls. And then you're talking Lithuanian. These people are tall. So that's even more of an issue. It's going to, I just think, no. Bad idea. And I hate to take it this far, but I also wonder, you know, when it comes to the child, let's say the child goes into sports and gets injured and it becomes serious and, you know, it becomes a handicapping or such a serious disability. Is that parent considered a negligent parent? You've now neglected that child's education. You have technically put them in the line of danger. You know, you have put them in a position where you have compromised their physical safety. You know, you've taken them into a different country and exposed them to all these different mm, things. I, so I where say, do we draw the line? I would say it also, there's there's an aspect we're not looking at here either is, what are, do they have tutors working at, out behind the scenes for right. schoolwork? Are I you mean, homeschooling? That's, that's the one thing we're not looking at. We don't know that. I mean, I'm purely playing devil's advocate here. If they are also covering that base, I mean, he could get an equivalency degree for his high school degree. He could potentially be doing a study abroad online in, in the evenings, is that likely to happen? Probably not. But could it be? Yes, it's a possibility. I would hope that's what's happening. But, but most kids that age are not used to a 50-60 game schedule. No. That, that, that's no. just not what they're doing. And when you throw in the fact that he's going up against bigger bodies, more well, experience. Also, this on the, same, on the other side of that, is he a multi-sport player growing up? 
I mean, look, for instance, now all I can do is draw off my own experience. I played football, then I went straight into wrestling season, then I went straight into shot put season, and then was like off for summer, but still training camp all through summer to get ready for football. How many of those so, sports were your decision, and how many were your parents' decisions? They were all my decisions. They were all your decision. Okay. I mean, I was in a... I hit the genetic lottery as far as being born into great parents, and so it was like my dad made a deal with me early on. As long as you stay active in sports or the church or Boy Scouts or anything, mm. you don't have to have a job. I'll pay for your gas. I'll give you money to go on dates with, but you have to stay involved. And so it was not an option for me, but I chose what I stayed involved in. Mm. So like I said, I hit the lottery. Right. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. And Nicole, for you as a fitness trainer, if you had kids, what would be your decision? Do you think that you would ever pull them out at such a young age and encourage them to go pursue something? Especially because, I mean, technically it is building towards a career. It depends on the kid. I mean, I was a kid gymnast. So I started gymnastics at seven. I still coach gymnastics now. And it definitely depends on the kid. It depends on the drive. It depends on um, the discipline level that they have. And you could see it. You could see... Um, when a kid eats, sleeps, breathes, whatever sport they're doing. And, you know, we have to take into account that this kid that's, you know, sophomore, 16-year-old, he's probably not going to get that much playing time. But the playing time that he does get and the atmosphere that he's in is at an elite level. So he's going to pick up things that other 16-year-olds are never going to pick up. What high school did he come from? Do we know that? Like, do we know where they, they fell in the rankings as far as other high schools in their region and that kind of stuff? Because, I mean, that's going to also give you an idea as to how involved their program was to prepare them to be that successful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that could be something else to look at. I think it also opens another door that I find to be very interesting and something that I think we, as Americans, I've noticed are guilty of, our parents pressuring young children to become involved with things that should be left to adults and pushing them the way they would push a 16-year-old, the way they would push a 17-year-old, like the Such show as. Dance Moms. You know, oh. you've got like four or five-year-old little girls and you're asking them, I, I get it, to dance competitively, but you know, then you get these pageant moms and we start dabbling in this territory where it's, when does it become inappropriate? When does it become too much? When does it become damaging to that child? And when how do you know? the parent living vicariously to yes. the kid and not the kid doing what they want to do? And it's no longer you. beneficial to the child and their growth and their development. Mm-hmm. So how as a society do we red flag that and we stop that behavior? Well, that's why there has to be some kind of balance somewhere in here. As someone who has also coached kids, I can tell you, half the kids on my football team, you know, they were mm, 15, 16, a lot of them didn't even want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just doing it for something to do. Mm-hmm. You're actually taking this kid from that way of thinking straight into, oh, you need to do this. This is what you have to do. Mr. Ball is clearly pushing the money train here. Maybe. So, so maybe. they're by, oh, there you go, maybe. I'm not taking my 15-year-olds to the other side of the world to do a sport unless it's strictly about the money. There's nothing else in it for him. He wants to bypass all the norms that go on at a kid that age. He's not. He's skipping all that. We're going to go right to work. Who goes to work at 15? And no, has to <laughs> not do anymore. It. I mean, people well, do, but no, not I to mean, that not extent. No, I mean, not like this, though. Yeah, not, in the sport. not that extent. It's not no. going to happen. And mentally, I think it'll have the reverse effect. You're forcing this child into playing a sport professionally, and, you know, the expectation for a professional athlete compared to a high school athlete drastically different. I mean, 
I don't know, you can't mentally prepare a child for that. You say, I'm going to uproot you from your social life and the culture that you've surrounded yourself with and grown up around, take you to a foreign country. You are now going to compete in 50, 60 games a year and train 20 hours a week. In addition to getting your GED, oh, 20's light. in addition to having a normal life and trying to have friends and go through puberty and all of the things that, you know, at 16, we're all dinglings at 16. We're worried about dating and boys and college <laughs> and, you know, so it's incredible to think what this child is going to experience and how he's going to handle that. And he'll either rise to the occasion or I think he'll collapse under pressure because it's too much. It's uh, too much for some adults. It also it also depends on his support structure, support Absolutely. franchise. I, I don't even know how to put it, but whoever is there surrounding him, yeah. you know, that's going to be that's going to be huge as to whether or not mentally he succeeds or fails. Mm-hmm. How supportive his parents are. Greg, I know Beyond you feel that. very strongly about this. Do you think, is there any part of you that believes in certain circumstances that this could work? Are there certain things that you think, okay, if we have a tutor, if there's so-and-so, that this could work? Or are you a flat, hard no? I'm a flat, hard no with the high schooler. The college one, sure. Give, I'd give him the shot more so because yeah. he's prepared for what he's about to get into. I do not want my 15-year-old son exposed to 20-year-old men 25-year-old yeah, men, say, yeah. okay, and the conversations that they're going to have, this kid's, no, I don't need that. I mean, let, let's not get this twisted. I'm on the same page you're on. I'm just playing devil's advocate over here, putting everything out. But what? I don't necessarily see the, the high school kid being successful purely because, I mean, like you say, he's a kid. He hasn't finished maturing. And that's huge for me. And as someone who also has a background, unfortunately, dealing with, pedophilia and stuff like that where mm. people have approached me at a younger age there is no way in the world i'm going to put my son with all these grown men yeah i'm just not going to do that some are going to expose him to things he is definitely not prepared for. right and then there's right. going to be the other part and make him grow up faster right hey, nicole i see you this. i see you cringing and cower there's something happening over there tell me what's going on i think it's all interesting there's lots of questions here uh Every country is different in terms of, you know, um, how they deal with certain moral issues. And um, again, as a gymnastics coach, I had to do extensive training as far as um, how to spot the signs of if a kid is being abused. You know, the USA Gymnastics team has several cases now that are out about um, certain coaches abusing kids and things like that. So. In that retrospect, you're on to something. Um, but uh, other countries, you know, don't necessarily have the issues that we have here in America. And the guy's locker room is a very strange place. I mean, let's just throw that out there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, just given when people are like, oh, guy's locker room talk, I don't want to be involved in that. I mean, even as a woman, I'm like, what I'm hearing, that's horrifying. So to be a guy and so deeply involved in that, I would run the other way. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of mental warfare that goes on in the guys' locker room, especially in like middle school, high school. Like it's it's a strange and it's daunting place sometimes. So, guys, for more on this story, check us out at tomorrowpictures.tv. We're going to have more updates on this story. We're going to cut away for a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere. We will be right back with the podcast. Let it all hang out, powered by Tomorrow Pictures. Yay! Okay, uh, to end it. Baliki tomorrow bitches dot tv tena baliki tomorrow bitches dot tv tena baliki tomorrow bitches dot tv when is that some big cosa eh baliki 
tomorrowfeatures.tv. Tired of network TV with no bite or interesting characters? Do Hollywood movies make you long for the days of real stars? If you hear about one more Kardashian, you might want to scream. Well, there's another choice. No, not those other web networks with aging stars or women locked up in prison. We don't even make you pay. Picture Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, Obama, Akon, Amy Schumer, Charlie Sheen. Visit us at tomorrowpictures.tv and discover tomorrow is today. Can you get her to say tomorrowpictures.tv? Watch tomorrow picture. Watch tomorrow picture.tv. TV. Watch tomorrow picture.tv. Watch tomorrow picture. Watch tomorrow picture tomorrow.tv. Watch tomorrow picture. Watch tomorrow picture.tv. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Let It All Hang Out. This is the podcast that talks about music, movies, sex, drugs, sports, and news. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world today while we let it all hang out. We are uncensored, unfiltered, and uncontrollable. I am your host, Alex Gibbons, and this program is powered by the Tomorrow Pictures Network. On the board today, we still have Fred Taylor. Yes, and it's still 2018. (laughs) Nicole Duncan. Hello, I'm here. We're, We're sharing a mic. Brandon Sartain. I am still here. And the ever-so-handsome Greg Gordon. I am still here as well. That actually is a handsome name, Greg Gordon. When you think Isn't about it, it, like Greg Gordon does sound <laughs> like a movie star. It does. Nicely. It actually starts, sounds like a movie star. Gregory Gordon. Gregory. Here is the depressing news that is America. Lay it on me, Papa. Brutal Rosex. cold moves in after bomb cyclone hammers northeast. I kind of like that bomb cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bomb. The one-two punch of dangerously frigid temperatures and gusty winds are walloping parts of the northeast and midwest this weekend after a major storm left piles of snow and thousands of power outages along the east coast. Millions in these regions will bundle up against temperatures in the single digits and teens during the day uh, and near uh, below zero at night. Also, just so you know, a footnote that the temperatures in Canada are lower than the temperatures on the surface of Mars. Oh my gosh. Something to think about. Uh, Inside Japanese Suicide Forest, YouTube star Paul, or Logan Paul, not Paul Logan, that's a different guy. That's the um, <laughs> the, the, the Crocodile Dungy D guy is named, I think, Paul. Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. But no, this is Logan Paul. Uh, shows um, what appears to be a body hanging from a tree in Japan's Okigahara. Okigahara forest known throughout the country for the suicides that happen there. It's a forest where you go to kill yourself. Um, the, the video sparked wide backlash for its allegedly tone-deaf treatment of suicide and mental health in a country where suicide rates are higher than most in the developed world. That's an interesting um, statistic simply because 
uh, gun violence is the lowest in the world in Japan, but the suicide rate is the highest. I've always found that to be sort of an oh. interesting footnote. Um, Logan Paul is in a lot of trouble for that as well. So why do people tend to choose that forest? Is it just that that's just a spot that became popular and There's a lot of remained, tall trees or? and it's secluded. And yeah, it, it probably has something to do with some sort of uh, is ancient tradition. City? Well, here's the problem. We're Americans, so we have no culture. So we have, we have no we have no well, we have no good culture. No, well, we have, we, we exactly you know we have racism and milkshakes, guys, and we have TV, Yay! you know, things like that. So they have these long-standing cultures that are like tens of thousands of years old, and people have been going to this forest since the beginning of the development of their culture. To that's where you go kill yourself. So since like pre Bushido yeah. and all that stuff. So like, but still, like, I wonder what began. What was the origin of that becoming the suicide force? Well, I mean, in uh, Asian culture and specifically Japanese culture, um, suicide is a reasonable alternative choice. If done a certain way, yeah. Exactly. Like, it's okay to kill yourself if you're not happy or your, things aren't going your way or whatever. And in certain instances, it is a very respectable way to die. Yeah, depending on what situations are. But still, it's sure. like, but that still doesn't answer my question. My yes. mind is still like lost like why that place like who said all right all you people moving forward for the next thousand two thousand years this is your place to go commit whatever harry carry whatever it is you want to do well i mean think of a um a particular cultural um thing that we do in this society it is absolutely stupid but everybody does it and we don't actually know why or know the origins of it like what do we do that's like really dumb vote for donald trump no, that's well, too. That's that. too new. Um, I, like I we, there's like, there's stupid things that we do, like we stand during the seventh inning stretch at a baseball game. You're like, right. this is dumb. Um, you know, even I, I would say singing the national anthem before a baseball game. That's yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. I'm wondering if there's you know, is it like is there a central like deity from back in the day that was. Right, a drinking your way through college, a like every point of that. Right, right. we we drink Why our way to single me out, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any more hot takes? You're a large target. Yes, there is. There, there are more hot takes. Uh, Trump taunts North Korea. My nuclear button is much bigger and more powerful My than dick yours. Is this thing. So he's threatening them with his huge, big red button. Uh, lawsuits mount as Apple manages fallout from the revelation of slowed iPhones once again. Uh, I, you know, iPhone, I, a.k.a. I'm Macintosh, is screwing around with your money. And um, the Elon Musk launch, Turns Elon out, Musk, the, so the business is. magnate and former CB, CEO of SpaceX, had many uh, scratching their heads when he launched SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from the Vandenberg Air Force Base, uh, I guess it was like a couple of weeks ago, over yeah. Christmas. Everyone in um, LA thought it was an alien. Everybody, for whatever reason, everybody thought it was an alien. I don't know if any of you guys saw this stuff on the your Instagram. Wild looking. It pretty was, wild looking. and I think in that type of situation, it, it is a little bit daunting as, as well. You don't know what it is. Look in your backyard, it looks like a spaceship. Yeah, but in the era of every loser in the world has a freaking phone. Ugh. You know, like they're all taking pictures of it and they think the world's coming to an end. You know, at you this could, point, beam me this up. Guy is falling. Well, you can freak, you can very easily freak people out with oh, this yeah. kind of stuff now. So I, I do think that everywhere. in the future with certain launches, they should give people a heads up. Because they, they, like, they just sorry. don't. Oh, yeah, I mean, I no one knew. said something. Yeah. Right. 
And um, Barack Obama will make his first television talk show appearance oh. since leaving office as, as well. Um, Come back he to is to host a six-episode, uh, 60-minute Netflix talk show series, um, which is kind of interesting. And so there's the possibility that it may lead to him doing more um, talk show kind of stuff. Um, they're thinking that he possibly might be the next David Letterman or something like that, which would be interesting. It'd be kind of weird. I don't know if he should do that. I, think right. I don't know. Do I mean, but just from based off of what I've seen of his personality, I, it, that could be kind of awkward. I think he's a great guest. I think he's a tremendous yes. guest. Yes. I don't know if he's right. a talk. I don't think he's right. a talk show host. Um, I would rather watch his wife than him host a show. <laughs> I love but the that's, show. That's my opinion. Um, and then finally, an elderly couple's festive explanation for having sixty pounds of marijuana on them <laughs> at Christmas. They said it was for it was for gifts for people, and the amount of marijuana they had on them had a street value of over three hundred thousand dollars. Don't for, hate, appreciate. First of for all, more news and information, <coughs> and entertainment, log on to tomorrowpictures.tv. The story is in the telling. Now you can talk. All right. First of all. I want that couple to adopt me. Second of all, who is your dealer that you got 60 pounds? Third, where did you get the funding for that? And fourth, can I be on that gift list? Are you kidding me? 60 pounds. Can you imagine if someone walked up and was like, here's a pound of weed for Christmas. Merry Christmas. You're damn right it's going to be a Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm about to be married to my bowl and this weed for the next 60 years. <laughs> That's insane. They and I'm not condoning smoking. For those of you listening, I am not condoning the consumption of marijuana. I know, but let's think about let, let's think about the idea of you smoking weed for the next sixty years. That 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 makes that clocks you in in your late eighties. Sweet, I'm right? Like Betty White. No, but you, you think Betty? <laughs> so do you think, yeah, I think Betty White rolls a J. For sure. Nicole agrees with me. For sure, I think Betty White smokes. Yeah, but but, but for literally like 55 years of those 60 years, she was smoking weed I that had like seeds in it. You know, so she wasn't smoking quality weed. Or maybe she was able to get dank back in probably like just 1957. Dirt back then. That's all it really was. <laughs> but Brandon, I do want to take it back because I know that you were very interested in the suicide forest. And I want to talk on this because I think it is very important now, especially... So the YouTube star, for those of you who don't know him, he created this video. He shot a dead body in the background and made a joke of it and started laughing. That's twisted. And he was with his friend and he was like, oh, have you never seen a dead body before? Then took a picture of it and made it the thumbnail for his YouTube what? video. His target audience and demographic is between the ages of 10 to 15 years old. And what? then published it on YouTube. So people were not only demanding an apology, they also wanted YouTube to ban him from their site because he's been turning revenue and profit with them. That's they how should. he makes his living. They and should. he should also donate all of his proceeds to a suicide charity, anything that has to do with that. And I don't think it's fair and I don't think it's right that people think they can issue a public apology and we let them off the hook. I think it plays into everything that's gone on this year. Well, uh, harassment, <laughs> stuff like that. Where do we draw the line? I agree. Where do you draw the line? All right. So it goes back to what we were talking about when we first came in the room. You know, where do you draw the line at who's responsible for what? Like, all right, you well, make an apology. The subject, what are we... What are we talking about as far as public apology? Like he had people want him to just issue a public apology for that, but some people want him to donate all of his earnings to right. the, what what is the who decides what the correct punishment is? And he made for this kind of is, a half ass know? attempt at an apology. You know, people were joking, it's the signature, I got caught doing something bad, look in the camera, look away, cry apology, where he was like, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know, I wanted to highlight mental health issues. No, you didn't. Yet you know, you took the time to edit this video 
and upload it and publicize it on your social media, but you're saying that it was an accident. This is where our democracy should work. Like s some sort of lawsuit, something should be filed. Absolutely. So that we can, you know, get this on record and come up with appropriate laws for these I, types I would of almost be willing to say no one's done that because there's no, there's not a precedent set for it. So how do they begin to go against this? You know what I'm saying? That would be pretty tough. Now, I'm not saying something shouldn't happen. Something should. But I think for them to set a precedence for it, it's going to be very long and drawn out. It's, we're not going to see a quick turn on it. All we have to see is some 10 to 15-year-old commit suicide and mimicking, you know, what this guy has Absolutely. shown. Um, you know, not long ago, we talked about how the girlfriend told her boyfriend to kill himself. She went to, you know, she was prosecuted for that. So the same way this guy is taunting you know, I don't know how many viewers and kids, mm -hmm. you know, second degree murder, right? And I think what contributes to it and what makes it even worse is that you're visiting a foreign country and it is something that people in Japan, they know that it's going on and they respect it and they are doing everything they can to stop it. Well, it's they cultural actually, differences at that point. Yeah, and they have actually increased the height of their bridges to discourage people from you know, climbing upon the bridges. They've installed cameras so that they can track people as they go in to see if they're all right or not. They've mm. got volunteers that walk through. So if you do stumble upon somebody, they are trained to talk to them and try to talk them down. So not only have you disrespected the family of this man as well as his body, you've disrespected Japan, you've disrespected your viewers. So I think that YouTube should ban him. I think it is a call to uh, YouTube. You, you have to ban him. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And it's horrific. How many how many viewers does this guy have? Millions. I mean, I mean like there's there's millions and there's like one or two million and then there's just like uh, like uh, Bieber billions. Like, oh, I don't think he's anywhere in the Bieber scope. I think that he, I would say like maybe two million, but I don't watch his videos. I don't track his statistics. So I know. he does a lot of videos. Yes, he uploads weekly and he makes enough that he lives in Los Angeles and affords his lifestyle based on his profits from YouTube. Now, did you hear about his latest announcement from his personal life now? Did you hear about this? What was that? That he announced that he is gay. So? Did you know about that? I know, it was just really strange that he would make this announcement right after he's been accused of all of these other things. I think I did well, hear I about that. Well, I said that was strange. Like that he, so, who he, was he decided, he decided to come out as a gay person after he's been accused of being insensitive Who was the, the other famous person? Was it Spacey? Kevin Spacey said that he decided he was going to live a gay lifestyle now. Which after is, think, the assault charges came out. Yes, and I'm hoping that that was bullshit. a joke and that he was referencing Spacey and saying, you know, that this has gone on or that it was some type of But it, at that point, why are you even making a joke at this point? Right. You should be very humbled and you should apologize. Nicole, what do you think about Is it a sympathy card? That's Perfect. exactly what it is. Yeah. Because we're so sensitive about our gay community and protecting them and... And then there's such a large community that would back up, you know. And it's disrespectful, again, to the gay community that you think you're going to use them as your shield right, and that, duck behind them. I think that if if I was part of that community, I would be fucking pissed that he waited until that point to then come out and say, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Right. Like, oh, you don't touch me, I'm gay. You guys should advocate you know, for me like, because I'm one of you now. No, I'm that's, in your community. You don't suddenly get to choose that because you're in the hot seat. Well, well, Greg, think about it like this. You know, you're driving down the street, you blow a traffic light, the cop pulls you over, and he says, what were you doing there? And you go, oh, I'm gay. You think exactly. you, can, you can get it, out of the it's, ticket? It's, it's a silly excuse. Being gay has nothing to do with nothing. It yeah. really doesn't. <laughs> Not when it comes to 
different acts, whatever people choose. Unless to it do. is a hate crime against a gay person, then it is completely relevant. Other than that, is an it's, it's or it can get you out of like a huge bar tab. I, I can't, I can't, I can't pay this. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm being willing to blow the bartender to get out of the bar tab is a completely different story. Listen, what you do in your social life, that is up to you because you haven't murdered anybody or committed a crime. If you, if you want, you to haven't seen me drink. You haven't seen the kind of bar tabs. I can <laughs> you haven't seen how expensive Truth. the drinks are in LA. Truth. Drinks are a little pricey in LA. Well, guys. That is going to wrap up this episode, the first one of the year in 2018. We had an amazing group of people here. So we are going to sign off. Everybody's going to say goodbye. Say bye, Fred. Goodbye. He always sounds so thrilled to be here. We're going to say see you later, Nicole. See you later. Work out. <laughs> Eat right. Brandon Sartain. Brandon Sartain says goodbye. And Greg Gordon. Goodbye to all and enjoy the new year. So we will catch you guys on our next episode of Let It All Hang Out, powered by the Tomorrow Pictures Network. This is Tomorrow Pictures, where the story is in the telling. Production services provided by Tomorrow Pictures Incorporated. You've all watched this test. We've all seen it right from beginning to end together, and you know it was completely fair and impartial, and I think I can see that you're pretty impressed. I want to thank each of you so much for coming with us tonight. Thank you. Good night. You. Good night. Good night. Good night. This is TomorrowPictures.tv. Oh, good.